On News Radio 570 WQ, and I'm glad Moses made it. You got stuck in that 680 southbound. They're telling people I'm moving very slow out there, right, Moses? That's right, and I had to take a detour, and I yeah, almost yeah. got lost. I wasn't sure where I was. Yeah, you were confused. Yes. And that has nothing, usual. To, nothing to do with your age or <laughs> that kind of stuff. It was a I'm not detour. good on directions. Yeah, 680 southbound is uh, there was an accident out there. Involving an ODOT worker that was hit by a van earlier today around one thirty or so. And so that is still tied up 680 southbounds, moving very slow, and they have you getting off uh, off the freeway there. So be advised of that. Right by Market Street in the Market Street area of 680 southbound. Time now for the legal show. News Radio 570 WKVN from the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. Despite the detour and uh, uh, probably another uh, gallon of gas burn, Moses is here. Good to see you, Moses. Hello. Thank you. Nice to see you. Also joining us at uh, the microphone is uh, the uh, dean of the program. He is the founder of the firm, Beatrice, Kopp, and Harshman. He is attorney David Beatrice. Hello, Ron. How are you? Dave, pull the mic up a little bit better so we can, can hear you now. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. And yes, Mark DeVecchio is supposed to be here. He had to use the little boys' room, but he's on his way back soon enough. All right. Well, I'm sure people are happy about that. So we got we got everybody who's here tonight, and that's a beautiful thing. We'll take questions for them all. Uh, Moses and Dave, litigators, Mark DeVecchio, family law. Any legal questions you have, child support, divorce, DUI, custody, estates, evictions, uh, insurance, speeding tickets, 729-9977, 729-9977, We'll get you through this. Dave, you're looking good tonight. Well, thank you, Ron. Just as a side note, you're looking good. Thank you. I am just want you I know. appreciate it. No, it's a, I look a little thinner to you. you. You know what? Oddly enough, you are looking thinner to me. You're looking Very like good. you're ready to do the show and that kind of I'm stuff. I'm looking like I'm... Oh, Mark, so nice to have you back. Can you introduce yourself to the crowd, Mark DeVecchio is here. Mark DeVecchio back after a week on the IR, ready yeah. to go. Mark had the flu. Did you know that? Carl Moses and I threw Mark out of the studio last Thursday. They threw me out so fast. They threw me out so fast. They didn't want to get infected. Oh, you, you didn't even make it halfway in. Right? Oh, my God. It was like magnets when they reverse and they repel. Yeah. I walked in. I said, I kind of feel like that I have the chills. Oh, and Carl, I said, that get Carl the out. hell out of here. You didn't even know what happened. You, didn't, you don't know what happened after you left. What? Ron Verb. <laughs> I think used uh, what 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 did you use? Clorox what cleanups. Pardon me. The Clorox. Cleanups. You know what? He Cloroxed me. <laughs> I'm glad you did because I wouldn't wish what I had on my worst enemy. It here's was what I did. brutal, hey, folks. Here's how much I love Moses. I just got to confess this. After Devecchio De comes in, and and I and frankly, I got to tell you, Dave, I love Devecchio. I really do. This is a great human being. He comes in and he has a handkerchief over his mouth. <laughs> Because he knows, he knows how. I know you're germaphobe. I'm a germaphobe, and he has a handkerchief over his thing, and he comes in and he and he says, "Man, I'm coming down with something. I feel awful." Moses and I turn at the same time get out. and say, "Get out! Go, go, get, are you sure? Yeah, go home. Get away from us. This is like an airplane in here. Get right. away!" And and Mark says, "Okay," and and, and he left. I went and I got Clorox cleanest because I says, "Moses, don't touch the door. Don't touch anything. I don't want you getting sick." This is how much I love Moses. Thank I you. disinfected everything, the counter, the door, and everything. Including me. Right. So, so, so Moses would be healthy. Did you get sick, Moses? <laughs> no. Thank See, you. I did, See, I thanks to Ron. I, I did that for Moses because, and I really did. I said, Moses.
goes, don't move. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Stay thought, perfectly thought, he, he still. At me. Yeah, I'll be right back. And I, I, I clean this place spotless and that kind of stuff. It's nice to have you back. Thank you. Great to be back. You know what I mean? Was it miserable? It was the most miserable experience I've had in my life. Do you get a flu shot? I will from now on. I will not miss religiously. I will get as many flu shots as they were allowed right. to give me. What? Uh, uh, what did you now give me? This you had the flu. What? I had the flu. Yeah, I had and aches, how? temperature, everything, and vomiting. It, or give me the symptoms. I, were was, you I was nauseous, diarrhea? but I hadn't eaten all day, so there was nothing to vomit, and so I was good that way. Digestively, I was fine, but I couldn't move my body. I was literally frozen with pain and chills for. 24 to 48 hours. My doctor, I have a great doctor, put me on Tamiflu. The next well, day, who's your doctor? Plug him. Dr. Samarone. Chuck Samarone out in Hubbard. Great right. doctor, good guy. He helped yeah. me out. Immediately called in the Tamiflu. I woke up Saturday feeling okay, thinking I can, I'm can. i going to try to work After out. After two days. My wife said, I'm going to leave you if you try to work out. Right. And I said, well, I got up. I was going to do laundry. I was going to try to help her out and be productive. And then my lungs caught fire and I couldn't breathe. And I said, what is this? I got to sit down. I can't lift. I can't do anything. You couldn't breathe. It was pneumonia, and then they. I got the X-rays to to prove it. So, so then, uh, so then you got treated for that. So I've been on antibiotic for five, four days, five days. Are you safe to be around me? I'm safe to be around you. I went to the doctor yesterday specifically for that, and he said you are not contagious so long as you don't have a fever, and you know if you cough, you're gonna there's gonna be airborne well, bacteria. If you cough, for cough towards that window. No, I'm good. I'm not gonna cough. All right, you don't mind real quick if Carl and I happen to have a thermometer here. We're just gonna run a few routine tests on you, really. Quick That's, fine. That's fine. That's fine. We, we'd, we'd like you. To hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been breathing through my ears since I got Did here. I not say, Moses, you sit over there and everything like that? And all yes, that kind and of stuff. move the microphone uh, uh, as yes. far away. Look at where he's at. You're right. so far away. <laughs> right. And look at Beatrice. So do you think Beatrice looks like he lost weight? Say he did anyway. We're, this is just to make him feel it good. It looks like he lost a good uh, four and a half, five pounds. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right, don't say anything. I think he's meditating. All right, let's take some calls. Dave, for the attorneys, you're on the air. News Radio 570. Hello. Yes. Hi, Dave. Hi. I uh, can hardly hear you, Dave. Speak up, Dave. I leased a car, a new car, a three-year lease this fall. Okay. uh, My doctor doesn't allow me to drive because of uh, health reasons, neuropathy. Okay. And I wondered what my rights are on that. You well, leave, well, hang on a second. You lease a car, then your doctor said you should no longer drive because you have neuropathy, correct? Yes. Okay. You're bound by your contract unless you could get that the whoever you lease the car from, get a letter from your doctor and ask if they'll let you out of the lease. They don't have to, though. Oh, okay. He bought no, he leased it. No, he bought it with 200 miles. You bought it with 200 miles? Did you buy or lease, caller? It's a three-year lease, oh, I see. and I have a little over 1,200 miles on it. Okay, but you can't drive. Yeah, why don't you call a dealership no. and ask them, yeah. ask them how, ask how you would they, address that, because you do have a medical excuse. You do have a medical excuse, but I don't know that the, the terms of the contract, the lease agreement, would in, encompass that medical excuse. I mean, they want they lease their car, they want their payments. If the doctor writes you a letter and they feel like they're they're generous or you know they're sympathetic, maybe they'll let you out of it, or maybe they'll renegotiate something or, right. or, or renegotiate an early uh, release. Okay. All right, good luck to you. I wish you the best okay, of luck. You. 
Yeah, I mean, because he's a victim of circumstances that came on after Absolutely. he did the Absolutely. But you know what? The, the dealership's going to say, hey, I'm not a victim of circumstances. You leased the car. You signed for it. You bought, you know, you drove it out of here. I so know you're going to think I'm crazy. I feel, a, I feel a fever coming on already, and it's only been here five minutes. <laughs> Except if they <laughs> feel a fever. <laughs> if they inspect the car and it's in good shape, and let's say they have somebody interested in it, they may renegotiate. Yeah, or maybe they might let him back, to try, to, back try and, to get someone to carry it to, to yes. uh, carry out the rest that's of his true. lease. That's true. He could sublease it, maybe, right. potentially. Right. Moses, you're looking a little peaking all of a sudden. Uh, don't suggest anything. <laughs> I feel all right. Oh, no, you have perfectly moment. good color with you. Thanks. <laughs> Say, I'm teasing. No, because I feel, oh my God. I, uh, there, yeah, you yeah. can't do it. You can't get sick. I'm fine. All right. Ray, you're on the air with the attorneys. Hello there. Ray. Hello. Yes. Hi, Ray. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm calling about an accident I was involved in in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be uh, Attorney Moses would know more a little bit about this. Well, he's a Pennsylvania attorney, yes, sir. I'm, I'm yes. here listening, yes. Uh, okay, let me explain what happened. Uh, I was, <clears throat> Sunday, uh, my wife and I was driving on uh, East State Street in Hermitage, and uh, we were in the left lane. And we were going to turn into where the Dollar Tree is in this little plaza there. And this guy uh, <clears throat> in a white uh, van uh, clipped my mirror. He was in the left lane. And uh, he continued to keep going. He didn't stop. He, he fled. And I had to follow him, I think it was a mile and six-tenths through side streets and everything. I finally got him stopped. Of course, I called 911, and they came, uh, Hermitage Police came, and they did a report. Now, <clears throat> what I'm asking is, uh, I talked to the, his adjuster. He didn't turn anything in, so I called today and talked to his insurance person, and he's denying everything. Uh, where do I go from there? Did the police take a report from Attorney Moses? Yes, they, yes, they did. Did yeah. they see the damage done to your car? Yes, both both vehicles. Okay, yeah, they so have they, it, they have it wrote down. They everything. documented. Did he admit it to the cops that he did it? No, his statement was that. Uh, well, when I walked up to him, when I finally got him stopped, uh, I walked up to him. I said, "You hit my vehicle," and he says, "No, you hit my vehicle." And then his wife kind of went berserk and was screaming and swearing. So I left it at that. I didn't want a confrontation. Was there anybody? Was there so any police officer did show up? Hermitage. Was there anybody? Was there anybody in your vehicle with you? Yes, my wife. So she can witness what happened. Absolutely. All right, and and I can't picture what you were saying. You were traveling which direction on State Street? I'm familiar with. I was with traveling it. east. So you on were State Street, and you were in the left lane, and you said yeah, you said he lane. was you said he was in the left lane. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was in the le- I was in the in the right lane, the curb lane, the turn okay. into the plaza. So you were going to turn right, right yeah. into the plaza, and, and he came around you uh, f- yeah, from he, your he, left. That, yeah, that's a four lane road now, and he uh, okay. He he uh, he was in the in the left lane, and he clipped my mirror when he went by. Did it break the mirror off? Is this on the driver's oh, yeah. driver's yeah, side door, right? Off. Driver's side door. Off my driver's side door, okay, and he broke his mirror off on this. All right. Passage. But if he's saying that you did it, then why did he fly, flee if he did it, Moses? Yeah. Take it away. No, exactly. I think, uh, I, I think, I, I listen to Moses. So, hang on. Here's Moses. Okay, I think you, I, I, it sounds like you have a good case. However, okay. 
However, there are no injuries, I assume. So you're no, talking about no. property damage. And uh, he has insurance. So if yeah. you wanted to proceed legally, with even without a lawyer, we have district judges in Mercer County. Uh-huh. And this happened in Hermitage. So yes. it was Judge Entos, but now it's uh, Judge um, Odom. Odom. Yeah. Yes. And so you could go there even without a lawyer. It's up to you or get a lawyer, and you can file a complaint. They'll have him served. They'll set a date for a hearing. You and your wife will appear at the hearing, and and you should have something handy that shows what the um, amount of damage there was to your vehicle. In other words, take take a report, uh, an estimate. And uh, usually it's informal at these uh, district judges' office, so the judge would probably uh, accept that as evidence of the damage. And then uh, the judge is going to hear the other side also, and then the judge is going to have to make a decision. Now, do you have 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 collision coverage? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. You better notify your insurance company just to protect yourself. Yes, I talked to them already. All right, so yeah, so that's a good thing, and you got a good case. So he goes to the judge and says, "Listen, I had to go catch up with him. He fled. He sure. fled, exactly. and if he's saying I hit him, why did he take off?" Sure, you'd want to have the police. You'd want to have the police officer. Did the officer come to the scene? Yes, yeah. he did. Well, you'd want to have him. You'd want to have. There was a, let there me was, let me finish. Uh, I think he was cited. Right, listen. Oh, you don't know, but listen to what Moses says. If you cited, good. You'd want to have him as a witness also at the okay. accidents All right. uh, All right. at the hearing. Yeah. Okay, now who's who's responsible for the court costs? Well, if you win the case, the defense, the uh, the other side is responsible. Okay. If you All win right. the That's case, yes. But I want you to remember this caller, just outside of the legal thing. For okay. that guy who hit your mirror, that also is seven years of bad luck for him. <laughs> right, that's nothing to do with the court, okay? Oops. He broke my mirror, too. Right, so. okay. Well, there you go. All right. Thank you. That's 14 years. I guess there'd be two mirrors involved. Stand by. We'll check uh, the traffic and back with the lawyers, Attorney Moses, Attorney DeVecchio, and uh, Attorney David Beatrice. News Radio 570 WKVM. Back in just a minute. Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy. Slow tonight down to 19. For tomorrow, it should be dry. 31 for a high, partly sunny. Don't be coughing now. See, you can't cough. Sunny Saturday and 42. Sunny Sunday and 48. Partly sunny Monday and 45. News Radio 570 WKBN. Mark DeVecchio back from suffering the flu. You know, that flu was killing people, so you know. I know. That's why I'm taking it seriously. Right. And then you got pneumonia. Yeah, it's I bad. Think, I, I think maybe we should have taken it a little more seriously today. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do that was wrong? You uh, know, uh, we just don't want to get the flu from not allowing him in here. That's yeah. Right. You know what I mean? We're very Boy, concerned. Then you made me laugh. Yes, we do. Am I getting on your nerves? It you seems, are a little bit. Seems like you're very tired today. We need you to have to... less of the chattering and more uh-huh. of the listeners talking. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Very good. Let me get you a pillow. News Radio 570 WKBN. Let's go to Lisa. You're on with the attorneys. Hello there. Hi. Hi, Lisa. I want to ask, if someone does something to you and they apologize and you can get that apology in writing, is that an omission of guilt? And also, um, how do you prove intentional infliction of emotional distress? And I'm going to listen for the answer. Well, well first, thank you very first, much. first of all, uh, hang on, dear. Go ahead. The, the first question, oh, the on. first question, an apology. If it's a medical malpractice case, for example, in Pennsylvania, 
there is a statute that says if it's merely an apology for the injury, then that's not an admission. That's my recollection of the statute. Is this a medical malpractice case? She, she hung up. It does, oh, you, oh. What did you hear, Mark? What do you say? Well, here's the deal. Like, whenever you have a civil case, if, if they if they take remedies to, to repair or if they offer to settle or if they... That's never an admission of guilt. So I don't believe an apology in and of itself is an admission of guilt. That may be just, you know, somebody trying to do the right thing. So, and then you talk about intentional infliction of emotional distress. What does that mean? Well, in Ohio, you have to show that an individual intended to cause the the, the person, you know, the, the, the plaintiff in this case, serious emotional distress. That the, somebody actually set out to cause you emotional distress. Like when I pick on Dave. Yes, and that you're trying to hurt him and cause him you to be distressed. You don't, <laughs> you don't hurt him. You don't hurt him. <laughs> and, and, and you the, could say Ron will hurt you. And then you have Do to... Do sh- to play it for you again? And, and that's an no. intentional infliction of emotional stress. There's also a negligent infliction of emotional distress. Well, we have to, that's when we get it, you get into yeah. the elements. The defendants. You have to show that the defendant's conduct was extreme and outrageous, and that the, the injury that you suffer was the proximate cause of the person's conduct. So you has, you definitely have to have a cause and effect. You have to have intention. You have to have damages. It, so intentional affliction of emotional distress is a really difficult case to win. All right. So she's got it's a long shot. Right. Exactly. All right. So we're talking with Attorney Carl Moses, Attorney Mark DeVecchio, Attorney David Beatrice. It's 526-729-9977. You got a question? Give us a call. I have three lines in Youngstown open. Free legal advice, comments, 729-9977, 729-9977. We'll get you through the program here tonight on News Radio 570 ODQN, 729-9977. For your legal questions, for Attorney Beatrice, Attorney Moses, Attorney DeVecco, everything from child supports to DUI to estates to evictions to speeding tickets, you name it, we'll take on all comers. Let me talk to you about Vasilios, which is a great restaurant, which uh, I invite you to go explore it's right in uh, well first of all it's a uh, family owned and operated let's just start with that right off the bat so everything that they do there is truly done with a lot of care and uh, a great reputation that they have for you so the first thing is make sure you go on down and see paul and the entire family there they're very proud of what they do they're proud of their very reasonable prices and they enjoy a, a tremendous amount uh, of Serving you and serving you good good quality food at an affordable price, all right? And so keep that in mind. Over 35 years in business at Facilios. 35 years. All right, they're right there at 500 Trumbull Avenue in Cortland, right by the Walgreens, if you will, in the plaza across the street. 35 years in business. They got their own sauce, their family-made sauce. It's available in stores like Giant Eagle, Nemons IGA, and Sparkle Markets. And if you're planning a party or you need a banquet room, they have that for you as well. And don't forget, uh, they are open from 9 to 9, Monday through Saturday at Vasilio's. Great food, reasonable prices. Vasilio's to fi- or, uh, 500 Trumbull Avenue in Cortland. They're Phone number is 638-3718. Great pizza, great breakfast, great food in general. I know people who go there all the time, and if you're looking for a place, there you go. All right, News Radio 570 WKBN. Attorney Mark DeVecchio is there, <laughs> and uh, Attorney Carl Moses. And, and Attorney Beatrice. And uh, that's who I forgot. A little tired. A little tired. Attorney Beatrice under under the gun here today. All right, Dave, uh, stay tuned. Let's go next to, to Steve for the lawyers. You're on the air. Hello there, Steve. Hi, uh, I have a question involving uh, Mahoney County uh, Juvenile Court. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Traffic Court. 
If the child is 17 years old, he's a high school uh, senior, so he's indigent, basically. Do I? He has to go to traffic court. Do I have the right to ask the court for legal representation because he is indigent? And he's 17. And he's 17 years old. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Okay, so I can't ask. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, I'm going to break for the headlines, and I want to come right back to you because I want to debate that a little bit with Dave. We'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. The headlines at 530. Do you want? This is the Ron Verb Show on News Radio 570 WKBN. Let's go back to a News Radio 570 WKBN. Where was that? Uh, let's see. I was talking to you, wasn't I, Steve? Yes. All right, uh, and you were talking about uh, okay. So Dave said you, you, you said if he's seventeen, David explained to him why he would be entitled to get a lawyer at seventeen or be doesn't make sense. Well, anyone to that anyone that where the government shows up at your house and wants to talk to you, your first call should be to the lawyer. But this is your kids in juvenile court, right? That's yeah. correct. For a traffic accident? Yeah. It, it was just a, it was a, uh, su- supposedly a speeding violation, and I had him plead not guilty, and we're going to go for a preliminary uh, hearing. And I was wondering uh, if he is indigent, what he is. He has no visible means of support. So you want the, you want the taxpayers to provide him a lawyer on a speeding ticket, correct? That's correct. All right, and and let me ask you this: What was how much was the ticket for? What speed? It was uh, forty-two miles per hour in a thirty-five mile zone. And and was he doing that? Yes. Well, why are you? What example are you teaching him when you're going to court? Well, to the fight only him? example I'm teaching him that the officer, first of all, the the uh, the boy was following a school bus, okay, because he was law, he was he was following the school bus to get to the location, and. Uh, uh, the officer lost sight of the boy because uh, he was already almost in the school when the, he was approached by the officer and uh, informed that he was uh, speeding. Well, what, did he get him on radar? No. Well, not, that I, not that I know of, no, sir. All right, but your son admitted he was speeding. He was going the same speed as the school bus, and when the uh, school right. bus driver questioned, because he made a joke, he says, well, how come I, he, how, why don't you give me a ticket? And he said, I didn't see you. And I just felt, you know, since he lost sight of uh, my son, and uh, I was wondering if, you know... To well, I'm going to let, I'm gonna let well, Mark... Let, yeah, well, let, me, let me comment. Uh, obviously, that can be a defense if the officer did not have him on radar... And if the officer did not have a sufficient period of time to uh, assess how fast he was going. So if the officer just glanced and saw him for maybe a second, uh, that would be a decent defense that he didn't have enough well, the time original, to assess it. Yeah, the original yeah. question, though, was, is he entitled to a court-appointed lawyer? And I take issue with that. I don't feel that he is. I don't feel that you should be entitled to a court-appointed lawyer unless your is. liberty is at issue. I'm unless, not sure a judge in, unless a conviction will put you in jail or or take your liberty away from you. I don't think you're entitled to a court-appointed lawyer on a, on a traffic, minor misdemeanor traffic violation, yeah. where there's no risk of imprisonment. I mean, you could... 
pro se, you could try it yourself. You know, you could tell the judge your extenuating circumstances and let the judge make a decision. You could ask the judge for a court-appointed lawyer, but the judge makes the call as to whether or not you're entitled to one. And in your case, I don't know that the judge will say will let you have a court-appointed lawyer. Now, can I and can I say something to you, sir? You heard the legal guys, okay? Yeah. Let me just ask you this as a father. What lesson are you teaching your kid if your kid said he was going 42 and a 35 and you're going to go down there and try to wiggle him out of his responsibility, which is he shouldn't have been speeding at 17 in the first place going 42 and a 35? Isn't the better lesson you teach him to obey the law and man up to his responsibilities and pay the tickets and learn from it as opposed to daddy's down here trying to get me out of it? There's a bigger lesson here than the... I'm just saying it's my opinion. You guess the lawyers. As a father, I think you're making the wrong move and teaching him the wrong lesson when he was speeding and he deserves a ticket and he better slow down next time. There is no excuse for that. Oh, well, I've, I've approached that problem. I've grounded him on my own. I don't need the, you know, the court to uh, control my son. I did take my own measures, but the only problem is, well, he's still only 17 years old. He had a prior non-moving traffic violation. Now, if he gets one more, which if he gets convic- if this is convicted, and then he will lose his license till he's eighteen, I believe. Probably so. Yeah. All right. So then, so then, what lesson does that teach him? As you, as a father, would say, if you get one more ticket, you're not going to drive till you're eighteen. I suggest you remember that when you're out driving. Or you might want to uh, retain a lawyer on your own, sir. You might want to get your son a lawyer. Okay, well, I uh, which that that I will do. I, I mean, I, I'm fighting for his license on it, and uh, that... it's just a number. The uh, another another uh, uh, thing happened is that the uh, officer put the wrong uh, uh, Ohio revised code down. There you go. Those are all mitigating factors. Where if you hire yourself counsel, those are things that they could work with to mitigate your. In juvenile uh, court, he could do it himself, probably. No, uh, yeah, he, he, as so, a father, he can't represent his son, though. Well, no, you're not. You can't yeah. represent a third party. No, even if it is your child, you can't be a lawyer. So if he you're would not need a lawyer, lawyer for right? This. But right. you know what? The cost for a lawyer in a case like that would be really reasonable. I mean, depending 500 on five hundred bucks. I don't want to tell you what another lawyer would charge, but I. Six hundred. I mean, if your goal is to keep your child from getting a a ticket or losing his license, it may be worth spending a few hundred dollars to to have a lawyer go in there with you. Okay, very good. Good I, luck. I thank you, John. And tell Absolutely. your kid you better learn to drive better. <laughs> no, I'm, right. I'm serious. Yeah, the, teach that lesson now. Because, you know, next time he could kill somebody. God yeah. forbid. I mean, he's only 17 and he's got two tickets already. Come on. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, all right. And then he'll start thinking, oh, daddy, you always get me out of these troubles. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's why you wait. That's why being a parent is not an easy job. No, it isn't. You no. have to rule with a with an iron fist. Uh, News Radio 570, <laughs> as I do here in the studio with Dave. <laughs> News Radio 570, WQB, and Jeff, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Ron. Hey, first of all, I wanted to tell you, I'm still picking up your signal traveling to Columbus, Ohio. I'm about 30 miles outside of Columbus. and. Still here in your station. A little bit of static, but I'm still getting it. All right. Yeah, all the way down in the Columbus after the afternoon. Yeah. When they shut off all the towers, you can get access. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. Um, my question, I have an elderly aunt who owns a rental property. Um, the neighbor's house has a towering tree over the second story that branches are starting to tear up the shingles on this. Uh, he's 
complain that he can't get up there to get it trimmed out because of some electric lines. She doesn't have the money to do it. Who ultimately is responsible uh, for that tree? Is it because it's on his property or the branches that go over the property line onto her roof? Who's who's ultimately responsible? You know, I, I know. I, I actually know. Go ahead. Dave has had this question a gazillion times. Right. I've, you you can you can hire somebody you yourself to cut those branches. Oh, by the property line, where the property line would be in from the from the ground on up, so they can cut all them branches off where your property line starts, and and you won't get in any trouble for that. And what you have okay. to do is ask the neighbor to do that. If the neighbor refuses, you can hire somebody, and then go after the neighbor for the cost of what it uh, what the charge was to take care of it. Okay, so they, they could be held responsible for it, especially if it's starting to damage your property. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. that's what she wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what to advise her. Right, but so, if they don't do it, then you're going to have to pay for it. Right, that's what, and she doesn't have the money to do that right now, and I'm, I'm thinking that it should be his responsibility. Well, wait a minute, hold on a minute. She might not have the money, but I'm talking to you. To me? Yeah. Is it your mother? No, it's an aunt. It's an elderly aunt. Well, do you like her? Did, did she give you any money? I do. You, I do did like you her. give her any? Did she give you either. any money when you graduated high school? <laughs> Bake you a cake uh, on your birthday? Get you something? Forty-five years ago, I don't remember. <laughs> well, I see. You like her, but you don't like her a couple hundred dollars worth. <laughs> Listen, okay. you know, if there's damage, maybe try to put it through on your homeowners. If they're if the tree from the other yard is causing damage, I don't know what your homeowner's policy has, but there's some there's coverage for that. Yeah, but the yeah, tree would have to. The tree rental, is on a rental. There, I mean, I'm not sure what kind of coverage she has, but I could check on that also. Right, see and what I the deductible the is. Damage at this, the damage at this point isn't severe enough. We've seen a couple shingles that have been. No, you want to get off. that off because that's a squirrel highway, man, and a raccoon yep, highway to get exactly. on there. But here, the tree's on the other guy's property, right? Correct. All right, and you're sure of that. And and yep. did you ever go over and say, is there a way that you can trim this tree back? It's causing damage to our roof. Did you ask the neighbor yet? Yeah, she did talk to him, and he's again saying that he can't do it because of some electric lines. But he's not saying oh. that you know that well, he's responsible for it. Well, he's tell, just given that excuse that he can't do it. Well, before before you hire somebody, you ought to give him notice, a formal notice that. It's his responsibility. He refuses to do it. So you're hiring somebody, and then whatever that cost is, you're going to require him to pay to now, reimburse. Okay. Now, but but remember, I think your first obligation is to trim the branches once they enter onto your property. If you want to go ahead and make a claim for damages and say, wait a second, it messed up my house or it broke a window or it fell on my car, your first obligation is to trim those branches once they get once they're infringing into your yard. And legally, and if you, you don't, and legally you can, and there's no recourse your neighbor could have. If you don't trim them and they cause subsequent damage, it's not a grand slam. It's not a. It's it's not a, a sure thing that the neighbor's going to be liable because you have the duty to cut those branches once they're in your yard. Okay. Yeah, the the tree is is just like three feet from the from the property line and probably six feet from her house. It's uh, it's very close. Well, so I might uh, I might take uh, and, it, and it would require. I, I'm I'm not going to get up on the second story, so I would require right, a tree trimmer to get up there. Slow down. I might disagree with Mark on that. I'm not okay. sure that it's the that it's your aunt's duty to do that. Maybe it would be in regard to her homeowner's uh, insurance. But it's certainly the duty of the person who has that responsibility, the the person who owns the property where the tree is located. 
Okay. And and so all I'm saying is that if you have to hire somebody to do it and you have to spend money, then can you, you can then require that the um, person at fault, the uh, person who owns the adjacent property, reimburse. And if he refuses, then file a claim in court. But let me get this straight, caller. You're not willing to give your aunt the money, and you're not willing to get on the roof and do it. But you love her a great deal. I, I, I love her. That's why I'm calling you guys. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to define that, you know. But all right, thank you, buddy. Good Appreciate luck. It. Okay, thank you. All right. That's, well, maybe he should get her up there to do it then. Yeah. And hold the ladder. Sure. I would pay for my aunts to. Cut you know their- how many times a question like that's been ans- a- 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 asked on this show? Now? No, I've- I really don't understand why a question like that would be asked. Oh, nice to see you back. Uh, <laughs> the, the reality was that uh, that how many times I've learned. I've seriously, I've learned this from David. I, I, and I what? I'm up now. Okay. Okay. I've learned from you that you can cut those branches off right at the property line. Your property line's from the earth all the way to the heavens, as Dave would say, yeah. and you can chop all those off. Look at all those calls we have. Why Not- don't we take them? We've been taking plenty of calls. Where you been? I, I took a little siesta. Really? Okay. Uh, but anyway, I'm that's, up now. Really? This show's been going great. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the last forty-five minutes go? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> I got up early this morning. Oh, really? My leg. Wow. The doctors released me. Oh, you did? Except I got the support hosiery on. He said I have to wear wear this. Look at that. Dave's wearing pantyhose. Yeah, How about that? That's, legs. That's in there. Really? What, what's yeah. that supposed to do? Uh, I was having fluid in my legs, so he said to do that. To Put a support hoe on there. Does it hurt? Support what? Does that support hoe hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, let's go next to Tony. News Radio 570 WKVN. Hello. Tony, go ahead. Take my call. Yeah. I, uh, I have a question. My lawyer tells me they did away with probate. What I want to know. He told me that probate only kicks in after they make $3 million or more. Okay, no, 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 hold up. You're confusing a whole lot of concepts. Listen here. There is still probate. The amount of money you can have in your estate has gone up to what now, Carl? $7 million? Uh, You're talking about federal tax? Yeah. Federal tax? Uh, I believe it's um, I believe it's uh, twelve, and, and for each person, so yeah. it's like twenty four million. Uh, so you don't have to worry about estate tax yeah. unless you're living in a state, leaving an estate over twelve million dollars. Which it sounds to me like you don't have. <laughs> no, but I just want to know what he had said was uh, they did away with it. The only they did not do away with the estate tax. They greatly cut it. Did back. you say you think they did away with probate court caller? Yes. The no, only, they, the no. only time it picks up, this lawyer told me this. The only time it picks up if it, if if it's worth three million dollars or more. No, you, you said twelve. Is that what you said? Three, three, three. 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 No, no, it's more well, than that. Wrong. I don't. In other words, there's no tax unless you uh, have assets that exceed that amount. And the amount, I think, I'm not an expert on this, but my recollection is they raised it. To twelve million dollars per person, so if they're a husband and wife, it could be twenty-four million dollars. You sound very confused. Yeah, to me, maybe sir. you misunderstood what the lawyer said. No, 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 no. no, no, no. You, you, you're talking. You said to me, "I heard they done away with probate." They did not do away with probate. I can assure you no, that. What I said is this. What's your yeah, question? They, and try, try to be coherent, okay? I know it's hard. All right. Okay. I, I said this. I said, my lawyer told me this. They did away with probate. The only time it picks up 
Well, caller, 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 your caller, your lawyer, I think misled you. Yeah, they're still they're, probate they court. Not, they did not get away with the probate court. Okay. Okay. Right. Thanks Thank for you. Calling. Good luck. He's he's got it all miscombobulated. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's he, he does. I mean. Discombobulated. I, you're right, I, and he's just con- he's confused. Say he's it. confused. Maybe he was drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I don't know. He seems that way. Uh, John, you're on with Attorney Beecher. How do I look? By the way? You look terrific. Oh. As a matter of fact, hang on a second, caller. You look. You, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I think you're a handsome man. Thank you. I really do. I think I'm you're. A, I'm a portly handsome. It's man. a yeah. it's a bro fest in right. here. I I I, I, I look you know. like I've lost weight though, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you do. You, you've looked like, but when I seen you before, it looked like you were having twins. Now it looks like maybe just one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's due any minute. No. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I guess, I guess officially, I'm less fat. Yes. Yeah, it really is. I I'm mean, less fat than right. what I was. But uh, but uh, but you're looking good. You're uh, you know you're looking very very. You good. know I have a lot of stress going on right now. You know what seems to be the problem? Well, my son enlisted, and so that's and stressful for you. And I just need an excuse to eat, so I've been using that. that and uh, and what have you been eating, Dave? Spaghetti? I have not had any spaghetti. I'm dying for really. Spaghetti. Okay, no oh. spaghetti. No spaghetti. No what uh, what have you been eating? Salads, things like that, Dave. Salads. Right. Well, th- vegetables. Uh, that's it. I'll say it again. I think you have a right to enjoy. Moderate servings of the food you like. Well, I, moderation is a word. Is discipline is what it is, and yeah, I think you have yeah. the ability to do that. I really do. Yeah. So my son wrote me a letter from basic training. And what did he say? Dear Dad. He said, Dear Dad, uh-huh. I, I made a joke, and the drill sergeants didn't like it too much. Yeah. Ooh. And they smoked him, he said. Ugh. Now it was his letter? Yeah, and I basically wrote him back a letter and said, Maybe humor isn't something that drill sergeants like. Right. So he learned from it, right? He did. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's like, I'm happy He's for that. He's done very well on his marksmanship, which I knew he would. He loves firing weapons. All right. I was never a gun guy, but he loves guns. We were a th- you were a theater guy in school. You were a thespian. Yeah, I was. And right. DIs like people who can fire with expert uh, marksmanship. He's already yes. gotten a... Uh, yeah. A lot, of dr- a lot of drill sergeants weren't looking for guys like you. Oh, they wanted brutal. to get in Hello, Dolly when they were in high school. As, <laughs> right? Remember Mark, when you wanted Mark, to give me in Hello, you, Dolly? Have you known this? I was in Hello, Dolly. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I heard you were brilliant in it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, really? I heard they haven't had anyone play Dolly that good <laughs> since then. I, I didn't play Dolly. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what part did you play? I played Stanley the waiter. Really? Did you have a singing part? I did. All right. I bet you were very good at it, weren't you? Yeah, you want to hear it? Yes. Hello, Dolly. Look at Moses. Moses is looking like that's it. Oh, huh? that's a crowning classic moment in this radio show. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I forget it. Okay, well, it's Hello, Dolly something. John, you're on with uh, Car- uh, Charlton Heston over here, Moses, and uh, DeVecchio. Hello, I've got some uh, rental properties. Yeah. And I'd like to know what do I do or what can I do if I find out that the tenant has been arrested and is in jail 
and is unable to pay the rent or unable to get any information to me or is serving one or two years? Well, the minute he breaches the terms of your written rental agreement, then you could evict him. I mean, if he can't, if he's incarcerated, he's not paying rent. That's a violation of the terms of your rental agreement. So you evict him. What is a bad thing when my paralegal calls me and tells me I'm supposed to be in Boardman Court? Oh, really? Maybe you better get there. Yeah. So after after he gets an eviction notice and the time period is up, I'm free to go into the house and, and do whatever? With his contents, or? yeah. Once, absolutely, you can. Once the court orders him evicted, you have access to the interior. I would advise you to collect it, put it into storage, and then put him on notice that you are holding the contents and that you will, for a reasonable period of time, and he is to come or send someone to come and collect it. Okay, and and at some point after that, I'm free to throw it away. Well, you are, but I would just document it that you've made several attempts to get him to get it, uh, to get him to pick it up, that you've put him on notice, that if you don't arrive by a date certain that your whatever is left will be disposed of. Connor, let me ask you a question before you do any of that, okay? Yeah. What is he in jail for? This is theoretical. Yes. I I had a, a a situation that didn't involve any of this, but it just got me thinking about this. All right, so <clears throat> here's my idea. I'm all for doing what Mark said, unless he's in jail for murder, murder, felonious <laughs> <laughs> assault, or, or yeah, because you know you mess with his stuff, you're next on the radar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. <laughs> See, be that, careful. Be careful. All right. <laughs> Thank you. You know that depends what crime he's. Oh, absolutely. I would definitely look into that. This was a classic. Beatrice's phone rings and his paralegal says, you're supposed to be in Boardman Court. I think I think somebody heard him sing Hello, Dolly, and they tried to just get him off the radio any way possible. <laughs> right, right. Isn't that it? Did you see Moses' eyes? He looked like, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Not, not, but that was it. He was in Hello, Dolly. Uh, it wasn't a bad tune. No, right. and I bet he would be great. Really? You no, know, I wouldn't. Yeah. I was in West Side Story. Really? Yes, yeah, I was. You're actually talented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're in the house band, and you're like right. a really great singer. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're really. I mean, you're musically thank very you, talented. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but you I'm not I mean? going to sing anything from West Side Story right now. Right? No, not now. Okay, here's Joshua. You're on with the attorneys. Go ahead. Hey, um, I got a question. I have been contacted, and it's been going on for a few months, and it's about every three weeks. I get one of those, they're supposedly a collection company for payday loan. I've never taken a payday loan out of my life. And they call me and say, is this Joshua Ham?" I'm like, yes. And they're like, we're contacting you over this social payday loan. I said, can I have information? Their client is uh, filing a I stood to me and wants to take me to court. And every time I go to ask them for information, they start saying, well, you know, we're not here to argue, and they hang up. We'll see you in court and hang up. And well, it, it happens about every three weeks, and then they disappear. How do you know it's not a fake weeks. call? How yeah, do you know they're probably harassing a- you, trying to squeeze you for a couple bucks. Yeah, if you, you, you're, wait, you said you never took a payday loan, yes or no? No, I've never taken a payday okay, loan. Okay, so how do you know it's not a phone scam artist trying to screw you? Oh, well, you know, I get their information. I try to get their information. That's what I'm trying to find out. If I can get their information, is there a way I can get a lawyer to say, um, stop calling or is that just... Absolutely. Get your information and you could have a lawyer send them a cease and desist order. You could call the phone company and, and ask the phone company to, to you know, to, to, do you have a caller ID? Does it say where the call is coming from? 
it says unknown or block ID, and then they give me a one eight hundred number to call. Well, if, if you think it's harassment, call. and I don't know if this has changed, but if you're willing to file a police report because you think you're being harassed. You could file a police report, contact the phone company, then they will trace that call, determine its point of origin, and then they will put them on notice that they are to cease and desist. Yeah, because not only that, about about the same time when I get it, my parents get it, and they call me and say, do you know anything about this? I'm like, yeah, they're being harassed me. I don't have a payday loan. And my parents just say they don't know who I am. This is, happening, they, this is happening frequently. It happens to me. I'm, I'm getting calls by people who say that they are the IRS and I'm going to be wow. arrested. I, I, wow. I mean, I am getting these robocalls. Oh, the I'm yeah. getting these robocalls maybe two times a day. It's wow. just terrible. You're the last guy I would mess with. Yeah, but that, yeah, I would never want to do that. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. caller, caller, so you never took a payday loan. So don't ever call them back. They're going to give you an 800 number to where they're going to scam you somehow. So just uh, if you're saying you never took one, you don't know the money, then tell your parents this is all a scam and be done with it, all right? If you want to do what Mark said, go hire a lawyer, go hire a lawyer, okay? And, and also, 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 caller, if someone says, uh, is this so-and-so, in other words, referring to you, you should just hang up if you don't know who this is. Or you can say, who is speaking? Because if you say yes, my understanding from what I read is they can use this recording of your saying yes and transpose it into something, some other message and argue that you've agreed to something. See, I always say, yes. what do you want? That's what I say. What and do you, you know want? what? I would what? call the attorney general as well. I would call right. the attorney general and let them know, you know, to let right. them know what's going Thanks on. Thanks for your call. George, what's your question? Yes, a quick question. Uh, as a landlord, many of us have had tenants who use up their security deposit as rent, and then they move without giving a forwarding address. My question is, how can I get their new address, especially if they move to a different town? Mm. You could require them to, to provide an address before you release them from damages, or you could try to get them to file a lawsuit against them before they move, and then they'll be they'll be obligated by the court to notify of any change of address. There Thanks. might be something in the statute also as to what you're required to do a 